Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the channel. My name is Daniel Roman here for WinterIsComing.net. And today I have the immense honor of welcoming fantasy author Patrick Rothfuss to the channel for a Take the Black special presentation. Um, you probably know him from his mega hit book series, The Kingkiller Chronicle, which began with The Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear. Um, this month on November 14th, um, he has a new novella set in the Kingkiller world coming out, The Narrow Road Between Desires. Um, and I, got one. I got one. It came today. Uh, perfect timing. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I, yeah, I'm super excited to speak with you about it. Uh, so Pat, thank you so, so much for taking the time. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I am not quite as sharp as I'd like to be, but that has been true for the last 10 years. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I will admit, as you were saying, as you were introing, I kept over-anticipating. My head is like simultaneously too fast and too slow right now. So <laughs> you're like, the immense, and I'm like, the immense author? Like, the immense Patrick Rothfuss? I'm like, that's, <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, that's not, that's fair. Uh, but no, thanks for I, having me. Yeah. yeah. Of course, it, it really, I've been a fan of your work for years, so it, it really is a Aww. pleasure to speak with you. Um, so kind of first and foremost, I, I wanted to just, you know, start off with an easy one. Uh, so The Narrow Road Between Desires is the first new release in the King Killer Chronicle world since The Slow Regard of Silent Things, which came out in 2014. Yeah. Um, and we're, yeah. we're going to get into the details about the lightning tree. I'm familiar with that, too. Yeah. So this is a reimagining of a story that you had previously written. Um, but I wanted to start off by asking, uh, how are you feeling with your release date for this first <laughs> new installment in the series coming up? You know, I, I wish I'll give you the answer I wish I could give you. Okay. Which is what I consider the Hollywood answer. Like you always see these <laughs> interviews and no matter what the person is asked, it's like, so what was it like working on this movie? And they're like, this was a dream come true. These yeah, people yeah. are my new family. I have never known love or satisfaction before working with director so-and-so <laughs> because like, because God help you if you ever imply a slightly negative thing, you will never work yeah. in this town again. You'll yeah, be yeah. marked as a troublemaker. Similarly, I know with, <laughs> the problem is, is like, there's no team. So mm -hmm. my version of that, it's like, hey, so you got a new book coming out. And what you want to hear is like, man, I'm just so excited to show yeah. this, to show my art to the world. I, it's, I'm so proud of it. I'm so happy. And it's not that that's not true. It's that, God, I'm old and shattered <laughs> and a ruined human being. And it's, and there've, there've been times where I'm like, 
I was happy to put the book out and I knew it was, and I'm like, this is good and people get to read it. And I know there are people out there that want to read a thing by me and this is a thing by me. So then they will be happy, but it's also impossible to not be like, people like, Hey, are you excited? And I'm like, yeah. it depends because mostly it's hard to not think that instead of everyone being like, yay, a new book, thank you. Instead, they're going to be like, this isn't what we want. You know, yeah. like, it, and it's kind of, it's sort of like if you make dinner for your kids and you work on it all night and they're like, you said we could have McDonald's. And I'm <laughs> like, you little sons of bitches. Like, oh, I said I wasn't going to cuss for at least a no, couple of minutes. We made um, it in a decent amount. <laughs> also, hey, everybody, don't call your kids. Little sons of bitches <laughs> to their faces. It's a good policy. Afterwards, outside, like when they're not around, it's okay because you're parents and you know what that's like. But so I'm really, uh, I'm really mixed. I I am excited about it. Like there's parts of it that I'm, I, I'm like really excited about. I'm really proud of, and the illustrations Nate did and all of it. If I think about that, I get excited about that. It's just that like after more than a decade of every time I'm like, here's a cute picture of my child on Twitter. And somebody's like, why are you not? Yeah. We're doing the thing I want. Or they're like, I'm like, Hey, I'm gardening. And they're like, God, people in America are such fucking idiots for like with their garden. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing but a human flinch now. So, you know, I, I wish I could be only the excitement but I'm not as much of the flinch as I could be. So it's like, yeah, a little good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense. And, you know, so we are, we got our start as a game of Thrones site and we're very familiar with this type of, uh, you know, response that you got. (laughs) George had anyone. Yeah. He had a new cookbook that was this week and we were kind of laughing because it's, you know, it's, here's a cookbook. He like wrote the forward. He didn't do anything for this cookbook. And people are like, you're slacking off. And it's like, he he literally, you know, maybe spent a day on this forward for this thing. Um, (laughs) Man, the the one that blew my mind is I'm like, hey, uh, here's the audiobooks. And somebody yeah. said, if you had time to do an audiobook, why didn't you just give us book three? And I'm like, hey, dude, you know that like I didn't, that's not how books work, right? Like yeah. it, I yeah. literally announced, like, hey, we got Rupert Degas in the UK, we got Nick Podell in the US. I recorded my author's note, but like Hey, buddy, I know you're angry yeah. and you want to complain at every opportunity, but like, damn, <laughs> like that's, yeah. that was a new one for me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep. Yep. It it is. It's always a funny thing because it, you know, it does shine a light on how much people do or don't know a little bit about the, you know, how the sausage is made with some of these things. Um, Yeah. But so 
Speaking of George, uh, the original version of this story uh, was called The Lightning Tree. And that was published yeah. the same uh, year as The Slow Regard of Silent Things. It was in the Rogues Anthology, which I've got on lock also. Look at you. Yeah. yeah. I've had this for years. And anytime you can show a book off on the stream, it's a good excuse to. Um, can you walk me through a little bit of kind of the process for why you decided to revisit this story, which is about Bost, uh, for those of you watching who may not know. Um, so kind of like from inception to how you pitched this to your publisher and then got into the actual work of reimagining it. You know, and, and it's fair to say, like, reimagining is as fair as anything. And I know yeah. that, like, my PR team is thrown in. It's probably in some of the press releases. I don't know what I would call it other than that. Yeah, um, agree. I have read it and I agree and, with and, that. But but have you read the the new one yet? I have. I when I found oh, out you, we were gonna, yeah. When I found out we dang. were gonna be speaking, I asked them to send me a digital copy, and I read it that night. So yes, I have read it. Dang, I have thoughts. Okay. I have questions. And so okay, so we'll have to be now. This will be getting posted before it's on the shelves, though, right? It'll get posted the day it comes out, and I'll flag. We'll flag where the spoilers are if we talk about okay, any, so which we can decide. We'll, we'll we'll pick pick and choose there. So yeah, yeah. Um. So how about this? Um, first, I'll say, because I'd honestly forgotten. Um, I hadn't really forgotten because like I wrote, I tried, I'm like, oh, I'll do the author's note. It's fun. I had a good yeah. time with the author's note in Slow Regard. And oh my God, I tried to write yeah. this author's note. And I wrote like six author's notes and none of them were okay or did the job. And one of them was like, I wrote 2,000 words about the history of the lightning tree. And I'm like, yeah. uh, nobody cares. Uh, like, maybe it'll be a blog someday. Um, but I'm here and you know, I when care. You brought it up, I want to hear the deets. So here's the thing. Yeah. George Martin, uh, you know, the, the lightning tree got its start because I was invited into an anthology that was before this one. Okay. before rogues yeah that uh gardner dozois like king of modern anthology yeah and Amazing. uh and martin were teaming up to to do some of these anthologies and i i had just been published a couple of years and i got invited and i said no and it broke my heart because this was the cool kids yeah. this was like neil gaiman all of the authors i've either always read or like my new fancy people I've met once or twice at a con. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I get to like, I get to hang out with these people in the anthology. And I had to say no. And I'm like, yeah. and I knew it was the responsible thing to do because I was working on, I was working on uh, the wise man's fear and that was behind. Mm -hmm. And that was a nightmare. And every, it was, it was sad and scary and it was bad that, because uh, I really screwed up by not being as honest to my, I, I don't know what I was doing. Yeah. And so I wasn't as straightforward with my publisher as I should have been. And I, I honestly thought I would just, yeah, mostly done. I'll do it in a year. And I was wrong. But so I, I, I had to say no. And I felt like a kid stuck practicing his violin when everyone else is outside, like catching frogs or I don't know, whatever kids do. That's a good and, so then rogues came around and I'm like, wise man's fear is out. 
Now I get yeah. to hang out with the cool kids. This is my treat to myself. And, and I utterly, and the first thing I, and I'm, it's a rogue, it's about rogues. And I always want to do the different thing. Yeah. So I'm like, I know there's going to be like con men. I know there's going to be thieves. I know all the tropes. Like I've lived my life in the fantasy genre. And I'm like, what about Ari? Ari, what about a trickster rogue? So I started writing a story about Ari, thinking that she would be a cool counterpoint to the mm. archetype of rogue. And I started writing it, and it didn't turn out like that. Yeah. And then it got still, and it's like, oh, mm, oh, okay. So this is a book where nothing happens and nobody talks. And I don't even know if it's a book, and it's certainly not a short story. Was that slow regard? And so I Is just, that... it was, it, that eventually turned into slow wow, regard. Wow, that's so cool. And I wasted a lot of time on that. And again, it wasn't wasted overall because I love slow regard. And a lot of yeah. people have told me it's their favorite thing that I've done, or it's the first thing that of mine that they read. Um, And, and I, it has a very special place in my heart, but I was supposed to be writing a short story, not an un publishable novel length <laughs> vignette experimental what the fuck because i had to put a story into this anthology and then i'm like um and then i'm like what about this and i thought of another thing and it's like no and i try and they're like oh i've got the story of laniel young again i was working on that as a novel can i like take part of it and here's the thing mm -hmm. at that point i was torn between like i am I am a horrible, I am horrible as a professional because I know I, I, I already had a reputation of missing my deadlines and whatever, but also I know that a lot of people really excited about my stuff and they wanted a story for me. Mm -hmm. And so part of me, like this much of me had the beginning of that terrible things that ruins people where it's like, I bet I could just give them something out of this half finished novel that I had to lay aside. Like, and they'll just be happy because they're getting a Pat Rothfuss story and we'll kind of, you know. And so I took a chunk, like it had a bit of an arc, you know, mm -hmm. out of the novel that I'd started to write. And then again, I'd stopped to go work on, you know, the stuff I should do. Yeah. And I sent it in. And George was like, you know, I don't think this is a story. <laughs> he goes, it kind of doesn't have like a beginning, a middle and end kind of doesn't do what a story does kind of seems like kind of the beginning of a thing that you got, but it's not a thing by itself. And, and for one, I'm like, like I was so obvious. <laughs> yeah. Two. I'm like, dude, he could have just said like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Because like, he doesn't need to wait longer for another thing. He doesn't want more work. He doesn't like, you know, but instead he's like, I don't think this is right for the anthology. He goes, and I don't think it's really the thing that we should put in the end. Like, it's not a story. And I was like, okay, so I can't pull that shit. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. It's like, I'm Pat Rothfuss. You're lucky to have even this. And again, I was only thinking it like this much, but he did. Cause if I had done that once, oh God, like I'm, I might've tried to get away with it again and again. Yeah. And so then finally I'm like, and it, 
at this point, I feel like it turns out I wasn't the last one to turn my stuff in. <laughs> but felt like I was because I knew I was past yeah. where I said I would. I'm like, what am I going to do? So then I, I'm like, uh, Bast. Everything I write with yeah. Bast is easy and fun and everyone loves Bast. And True. literally anything he does is going to be roguelike because that's his whole deal. And so from beginning to turning in the draft one month, I wrote Lightning Tree. Wow. Uh, which was originally called Bast. Past day, the worst title ever. <laughs> but beginning to end, um, and then of course I did a copy edit later, but it's like 20,000 words. And so a finished 20,000 words for me in a month is lightning fast. Ha ha. Yeah. Um, and that's how Lightning Tree came to be. And George Martin really impressed me with the fact that like he wasn't going to take the easy way out, he was going to yeah. actually call me on my bullshit. And I really respected him for that. And I still do. Um, and as a result, I got to do this story, which at that point, I'm like, I did a good little story. Yeah. Uh, and I felt proud of it. And then I moved on with my life. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed the original Lightning Tree because uh, I read it back when this anthology came out. Um, but something that really struck me about the narrow road between desires is kind of how much now hold on for one sec are we gonna are we gonna do spoilers now it is up to you if you want to talk spoilers this is kind of a broad question about okay. the process of writing this thing um cool. so i i think it it is you know i've described uh the lightning tree as kind of a story where both uh fake companion boss uh, goes around and does face stuff for a day. It's a day in his life. Um, yep. But the narrow road between desires is a, it, to me was a much more meaningful story in the way that you, like it, it felt like it had much, it has much more to say. It's saying something uh, deeper than just here's a fae being a fae. Um, so I kind of wanted to, to ask you a little bit about your process of like how you approach this um, this story and whether you approached it with that in mind, like you wanted to rework this story into something with deeper meanings, uh, you know, maybe some deeper implications for Bast or whether that just happened really organically. I love, you know, again, here's, here's like the answer I know that I should give that would make me look cool, which give is whatever like, oh, I knew that I had more give. to say. <laughs> you know, I, I really, I just knew there was something I, I could really, there was such depths to that, that I wasn't able to explore in my, in my earlier, before I had developed my craft. Nah, nah. Uh, what it was is, you know, a bunch of things have prevented me from getting some stuff published that everybody, including me, me more than anyone in a lot of ways published. Mm -hmm. Um, and not just the third book, but other things, you know, other projects that, you know, I wrote a big chunk of a novel and then I'm like, I should stop and go do something else. And now I wish I hadn't, wish I'd finished that. Yeah. Um, the graphic novel I've got almost done with Nate Taylor, the boy that loves the moon. Um, you know, you know, um, and so I'm like, it's been so long and I've put some of these problems you know I'm, I'm i really want to get a book out you know like yeah. and my publisher wouldn't cry you know if like <laughs> hey can we yeah 
can you do your job so we can do our job? And then people get to read a story. And I'm like, cool. I mean, one of the things was DAW, you know, lost its home, you know, yeah. like DAW is no longer with Penguin. Now, now DAW is with Astra. And if you think that didn't influence, like, worry, um, maybe link to an article out there, because I haven't talked about that publicly yet. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I'm like, hey, I want to start getting some books out and I want the new, the the people I'm working with, with Betsy, my editor over at Astra. And I'm like, hey, let's get some stuff out there and let's get like, figure out how we work together. I want to get back in the game. Yeah. And the best way to get back in the game is probably not the like, like immense iceberg of a conclusion to my opus or whatever fantasy monstrosity and i'm and i thought you know it'd be easy nobody remembers this anthology people don't read anthologies i like that story and people loved slow regard which focused on a, a secondary character why don't we do why don't we give lightning tree the slow regard treatment i'll have nate taylor illustrate it I'll tidy up the language. I'll write an author's note. We put in some pictures and then there's a thing to publish and we work on our process. I kind of get back in the swing of things. I get to publish again. And then once the wheels are spinning, I'll keep moving forward and publishing stuff. Everybody wins and it's easy. It's already done. It's a good story. <laughs> and so then, and I'm like, I'm just going to take a pass and I'll tidy up some of the language if anything catches my eye. And then mm -hmm. we can officially say author's preferred text or some vaguely BSE thing like that. And instead, like I added like 15,000 words and like yeah. didn't like change some, like rewrote half of what was already there. Yeah. And instead of like, we were gonna, I'm like, hey, Nate, will you do me like a dozen, maybe like 20 illustrations? And he did more than 45. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. They're like, gorgeous. All those chapter headers. I, I love know, the they chapter headers. So, oh, nice. Oh, man, we took so much. Poor Nate. That, was, <laughs> that came towards the end. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? And then I'm like, but also, hey, one more thing. But also, but also, but also. And then suddenly every chapter header is a bespoke piece of art. Yes, it is. That required several other little pieces of art. Oh, my God. So, But Nate is a saint and he killed it. Um, yeah. And so that's what happened is as I was reading it, I'm like, wait, if this is what this is about, then this should happen here. But then I need something to space it. And I'd been thinking about the Embrels for literally years, you know, because every culture has its own fortune telling. Yeah. Every culture has a bunch of ways to do fortune telling. And so I'm like, oh, my God, of course, this belongs in there. But like, honestly, the, 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 I added some things and I expanded some things and I moved some things. But like similarly nothing happens in this book that didn't happen in the other one like the summary of these two books is almost the same almost except they're yeah. vastly different you know yeah yeah 
Yeah. Uh, so is that, does that kind of get answer your question? Yeah, I think it definitely does. Um, and it, it, it definitely does. Um, so how about I, this? I, I'll, I'll try to answer it again shorter, but leave that in. Cause that's a true <laughs> yeah, answer. No, that but was a great answer. Here's a slightly tidier one. I remember somebody in it's always quoted token said, I wrote this story from the beginning to the ending. And then once I knew it was about, I wrote it from the ending to the beginning. Yeah. And actually I know what that's like because I did a draft of all, you know, of what I used to think of as the book, mm -hmm. which is, Quoth's story and then I went back and I'm like so now how do I turn this into books you know it's way too big and then I spent like another seven years working on Name of the Wind as the front chunk of that Um, and so similarly because once I got there I'm like okay cool this is where we're landing now I gotta make it make sense all the way back to the beginning and work all these threads so that it plays out in the right way yeah. With Lightning Tree, it was the same way. For a story in an anthology, it was great. You know, yeah. all I needed to do was like 3,000 words of like, hey, this is cool, isn't it? Instead, I did like 20,000 words of like life, life in the day of Bass. Yeah. It was one of the longer ones in that anthology. I think I might have even beat out Gaiman's How the Marquis Got His yeah. uh, Coat Back. You George's know? was one of the only ones that was longer that I remember. Scott's was up there yeah. too, Scott Lynch. Yeah. And so, um, uh, so like for something in an anthology, I was really proud of it. But as something that was just going to stand on its own, I realized that what I, I hadn't just written it to the end and be like, cool. Yep. Beginning, middle, end, just like a story do and go. <laughs> and, yeah. and then I tidied it up and I, how about this? For me, something that I didn't work on much, I still showed it to like 18, 20 beta readers back then. Wow. Yeah. But for me, that's nothing like revising yeah. something a mere 20 times. It felt very fresh. Cause again, one month, whereas just these revisions, I showed this, I, I had to have, I bet you I had 50 beta readers for this one for this version. Um, and it took me like six months to get all the text, right. You know, and, yeah. and a lot of the uh, art direction. So um, now, now it feels more like a discreet thing unto itself, like slow regard, whereas yeah. the original lightning tree was, was okay for an anthology, but I wouldn't have felt good with it by itself. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. Um, you know, anytime there that someone does like a, a re-release of a story or like a new version of it, that's kind of always a question that I have is, is does this justify itself? And I feel like with the narrow road between desires, it, it really, I, you know, I didn't know until I read it how much I would feel that it did. And it really does feel like, like this is now the preferred version of this. Like I would never tell someone go read the lightning tree instead of the narrow road between desires now, um, because it really is just a vastly improved version of the story, I think. Um, but so you're talking about the revisions. Uh, this, this is kind of a hard question. So if you want to skip it, we can, um, but something yeah. that kind of jumped out at me reading this, um, there are some kind of, it, so there's this idea that I was talking with my wife about this literally the day before I read The Narrow Road Between Desires. And I always try to pay attention to synchronicities. 
Um, and basically the idea was that like perfection is the enemy of good enough or in terms of art, like perfection is the enemy of good enough to share. And I was, when I read the narrow road between desires, I was surprised that like, there's an element of like perfectionism that almost seems to be like ruminated on throughout the book, like in the, the dedication, which is beautiful, but there's, there's a little bit of a hint of perfectionism there in Bach's character in the book, uh, in some ways that weren't in the original lightning tree that I loved, but I was like, this is really interesting. And then I hit the author's note and I was like, okay, and here too. So I kind of wanted to just basically ramble at you about that and, and pitch it to you and be like, what do you think about this idea of, you know, perfection is almost like a capricious master that will move the goalposts on you. But as an artist, there's also such a drive to find it. And how has that uh, you know, how does that fit into your work and your view of being an artist, basically? You know, uh, that's a fair question. And I don't know. In some ways, I obviously I can't answer it well. Mm -hmm. uh, or I could I could give a pithy answer. I could teach a seminar on it or like yeah. do a mental health panel, honestly. Um, what's funny that you brought it up is... I do think about it a lot because like it is one of the things, one of the, the, the myriad of things that kind of spikes my wheel in terms of productivity yeah. is if I care about something, if I want to do something and I care about it, if, if I care about it enough to want to do it, then I want to do it well. Yeah. But what is doing something well for me? Like, the joke here, like, because I've had, like, I've done a charity and I've had people who've helped me and assistants and people I've worked with. And sort of the joke for a long time has been like, our motto should be, you know, settling for excellence. Because <laughs> if I could, because I know a lot of, of people say the enemy, although it is the perfect is the enemy of the good or the perfect yeah. is the enemy of done. And yeah, I get yeah. it. If I could, it, but that's it's way too far for me to settle for good. That's too much. If I could settle for 98% sometimes, my life would get so easier. Yeah. So much easier. Um, I just corrected my own grammar. Could you hear me revising there? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But like, if it's important, like for my kids, yeah. you know, like I don't want, my my kids don't deserve like B plus parenting. They deserve yeah. the absolute best. And if I'm making a meal for somebody, it's like, even if it's like, oh, I'm going to bang together some quick ramen, this will be excellent. This will be really good. Quick Gourmet bang together ramen, ramen. <laughs> which like suddenly it's like, well, hold on, wait, now it is taking 20 minutes. You could have had a whole ass meal, you yeah, know, yeah. instead of just ramen. But it's it's the best fast ramen you've ever had. <laughs> um, and we do have the herbs from the garden. And I have peeled the garlic. Thank you. And there is some egg in it. But um, the it's something I've been thinking about. And I've been doing some live streaming lately to kind of yeah. just get back out in the world, keep interacting with the readership. And we did one about the audiobooks, and I got on with Nick Podell and Rupert Degas, one of whom is my U.S. audiobook narrator. The other one is in the U.K. Mm -hmm. And 
it was funny. I was just there to talk about audiobooks because it's cool. And they they and, and Rupert was like, oh, sometimes you just do it and it's your job and you don't care. He's like, but your books, though, is like they stuck with me. I could tell that this was something kind of important. And this was worth like, I really because he was, and, and and to be clear, he wasn't saying some stuff. I just turned the crank and like, I don't care. And I, I, I half-ass it, but yours, yeah. I really pull ass. No, he was like, <laughs> you know, sometimes you do your job, but then sometimes it's like, well, this is a little different. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I was like, oh, oh, that's why you agreed to come talk to me today is I wasn't just like, you're like, I don't have anything to do on a Thursday. Of course he did. Yeah. But he, he and Nick stuck around for three hours. Wow. And at one point, right, it was going to be an hour and we did three and it was such a great conversation. And he's like, so how much do you work on this? And I'm like, you know, for Name of the Wind, it depends on how you count a draft. I go, I did have at least like 300 beta readers. Yeah. But I'm like, probably... I don't know, between four and 700 drafts, depending on how you count them. Wow. I printed it out. Holy shit. <laughs> and like that's a lot of drafts. Done. That's like printed out probably. And not yeah. just like reading through it on the screen. And he's like, is it worth it? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Because it feels like, like, and here's the thing. Have you ever read a book and you're like, it feels like they gave up partway through the ending sucked. Yeah. And you're like, God damn it. And like back in the day, it was the third matrix movie. And it's like, Oh man. But if I can make it better, why wouldn't I make it better? Because when I want it, when you read something of mine, I want, I want want you to feel like I really respected your time and energy. And if you spent Mm. 20 bucks on this book, I want to just, I don't want it to be shitty. And yeah. I, and at some point, like, I know, I don't know at what point I'm getting a diminishing return. Yeah. At some point it does need to be taken away. There is the deadline. And so I feel like this one, I was able to do like such stuff with the language and we got so good in the illustrations and I landed the emotional notes with Reich and Bass so much better. Yeah, and I showed it. some. So I'm like, and I feel like I I did it. But also, it went from being like, oh, I'm going to brush up the language and publish the easy thing, to like six months of like intensive stuff where I brought in sensitivity readers and therapists who specialize in childhood trauma and people wow. who understand fortune telling, and I research how like leather is made because i'm crazy you know yeah um but (laughs) i like where it ended up so it's something i am examining in myself i've literally talked about a couple of days ago with a couple of people and i've started writing in the blog again oh cool and i i've i've said hey i've wanted to write like six blogs by now and i've written some of parts of them but I'm like, I'm going to write a crappy blog for you because a crappy blog is better than a perfect blog that I do a year from now. I got to yeah. tell you about some stuff. And so I'm called, it's a part of the series. It's the quest for 
non-perfection and it's so hard for me. And how about this? This is a great example. Have you seen this? I just got I this back from the printer. Yeah, yeah. That's the um, calendar, right? This is the calendar, the sexy bass calendar. And I worked on it with Julia and we got it done because I wasn't going to talk about it till we got it done. And then I'm like, it's so good. And then I'm like, great. Now I just have to market it. And I'm like, I care about this and it's so good. Can I get the word out? Because I got to market it perfect. Otherwise, yeah. no one will see it. And it's like, I got to get the graphics to show it off. I got to get the promo graphics perfect. Oh, no. And so it's everything that touches the thing that I care about needs to be good. And so, uh, what is it? Monk, if you ever watched that show, the joke, yeah. the running joke was, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. And so- I'm trying to learn how to manage it because I don't mind it when I do it on the book. I don't mind it when it's with my kids, but I should learn how to write like a 70% email, you know? Yeah, yeah um, that's fair. That's way more, way more answer than I, I, you know, I, I probably needed there, but yeah, hey, that's a good question. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I was interested to hear it because I, I that was something I, again, I didn't expect when I read the book that kind of jumped out at me and I was like, there's something interesting here. Um, so thank you for getting into it. Um, I think we've probably got time for one more quick question because I, I so I'm at a library and I don't want them to lock me in. Uh, they close in like five minutes. Uh, <laughs> so, so my last question uh, is, whether there's anything from the narrow road between desires, like your process of working on it, that you found helpful or are going to be, think will help you in your own, you know, your work on the doors of stone. And again, no pressure if you don't want to talk about this. I understand people come at you all the time about book three, but I just kind of wanted to open the door if you would like to say anything kind of relevant to that. You know, it's it's a fair question. I just being in the world again and writing again more yeah. actively, like to a purpose to get a thing out. It's always helpful. Like a yeah. lot of times I write something and I'm like, well, this, it doesn't serve the story. I got to take it out. It doesn't go away. I put it somewhere yeah. where I just think about it. Like, and honestly now, you know, I didn't create the Embrels just for this, I think about the world. I think about the characters. I think about this stuff all the time. And then and there's places for it in the book. So yeah, in some ways, you guys, like with Slow Regard, you got to meet Ari and you learn more about her. And you learn more about the under thing. And you learn more about alchemy. But so did I. And all of that enriches the world. And therefore, it. and same thing is true here. I got to work on, like, um, you know, more about glamoury and grammary and fairy everything and bast and the town. And so that enriches the world. And, yeah. and that always, it all ties together. And now I have emeralds to play with as a, as a known thing. Um, yeah, it all, it all. It all ties together. It all ties together. Um, I've got, I, I'd be here for another quick one. I'll do quick answers if you want. You can rapid fire me. 
All right. Um, let me rapid fire you just a couple of really quick ones. And then, yeah, okay. I, I've got ahead too. speed um, round. So uh, if you could have any one fictional character tell you their life story in the sort of manner that both is telling his story to Chronicler, what character would it be? Any fictional person? Fictional person. Or any real person? Fictional. Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> man, I feel like a sellout for saying Gandalf, but I want to hear Gandalf's. I want to hear Gandalf's mental process. Gandalf's, Gandalf's been around for a long time. Yeah, like, he's had a life. And, and, yeah, yeah. Oh no. Uh, if I had to pick between Tom Bombadil and Gandalf, no, I'd still pick Gandalf. <laughs> I'd, I'd pick Gandalf. Okay. Uh, you, you, There'd be just a lot of chasing bees and kissing girls. It, it, I, I, I'd get tired of that after a couple hundred pages. Yeah, no, that's definitely fair. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Patrick, thank you so, so much for your time. Um, it's been such a, again, an honor to speak with you. I really appreciate it. Well, and thank, thank you. Um, and I know I kind of went a little long on those early questions. I know you have some more to ask, and you're very gracious to let me sort of talk myself out. If you want to have me back, uh, you know, ping me again. We can do part two and we can get to some of the stuff you didn't get to ask. Sounds good. I would love that. And so for all of you out there uh, listening, watching, uh, reading, um, if you enjoyed this interview, make sure to check out The Narrow Road Between Desires out on November 14th. Uh, it's a really wonderful book. And it is it. So just like you said, it's nice to be back writing in this world. It is a pleasure to be back reading in this world. So hope people enjoy. Thank it. you so much. Yeah, absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.